0: Welcome to the Learning Forte Podcast, where we hold conversations with hybrid leaders who are navigating change, experimenting with new ways to form community, and pursuing the common good. Our guests for these episodes are so brilliant and the content so life-giving, we wanted to make portions of them available to all of you. This podcast began as a part of our Strategic Imagination Sandbox, an online learning cohort experience for hybrid leaders. You can learn more about that at www.learningforte.com. While we have plans for more guests on future episodes beyond the scope of the Sandbox, for now, we're sharing 15 minute or so portions of longer three-part conversations that have shaped this program. We hope you enjoy and share and find that this content supports your values-aligned leadership in hybrid spaces.
1: Friends, Welcome to the Strategic Imagination Sandbox, hosted by Learning Forte. I am Greg Klumovitz, Head of Leadership Development and Lead Convener for the Strategic Imagination Sandbox. We are eager to dive in here to Episode 7 and Communicating with Clarity to Invite Partnership and Sustain Energy. Communication and collaboration go hand in hand, one supports the other and kind of back again. They remind leaders not only that our work is not a siloed venture, but also that it requires intentionality and practice. So Stacy, as we always begin our episodes, uh, before we introduce our guests for this month, I'm wondering if you could share a word about why this topic matters to you and how has communicating with clarity sustained your energy and your hybrid vocation?
2: We've talked in the last few episodes about objectives and the need for clarity and assessment. And I think that this episode is really the piece that holds all of that together, is that without clarity about What you are doing, whether that's individually or with your organization, then you don't really know who to seek out for your collaboration and you don't know who you need to communicate with. And I'm excited to have our guests today because they really represent to me people that have been really great collaborators for us but have also been really clear about their own organization's mission and objectives. And so there are as many times as Haley has, Haley has told me no, as many times as she's told me yes. And that to me is the sign of a good communicator and a good collaborator. Um, and I feel um, always reassured. And I have experiences of clarification, even out of those conversations where we realize that This particular collaboration, the time isn't right now for it.
1: I'm thinking back to an earlier episode where we talked about uh, the value of improv and leadership and the whole mantra of yes and, uh, which doesn't mean doing everything and all things, but it means using that, here it comes, strategic imagination as you move in the conversation forward. This month, in addition to Stacey Williams-Duncan and me, I am grateful we have two guests, Haley Bankey, and the Reverend Alicia Hager. Haley is the executive director of the Gathering of Leaders, and Alicia is the community and communication curator of the Gathering of Leaders. GOL, as it is commonly known, assists in the empowerment, support, and development of leaders. The Gathering provides a place for leaders to come together without contentiousness and partisanship to share their love of the Christ and of the church, to empower each other through mutual encouragement, to deepen their skills as transformational leaders, to establish networks which will aid their ministries and to clarify their understanding of God's emerging vision for the renewed Episcopal Church." I love their values statement, uh, which you can find on our web. It says, we envision the renewal of the diocese and congregations of the Episcopal Church through transformational leaders dedicated to the missionary call of Christ and the growing of the church in spiritual depth and in numbers, as it effectively serves all sorts and conditions of people through the transforming power of Jesus Christ. Hilly and Alicia, welcome.
3: Yeah, excited to be here. having us.
1: So that's what the website says about GOL. (laughs) How would you share who you are and what you do if we were, as we say on every episode, in an elevator together, sipping lobby level coffee and you were getting off at the third floor? In other words, briefly,
4: Um, if I had the elevator pitch it, we are the vessel into which the leaders of the church pour in the good stuff. They bring their expertise, their understandings, their passions, their experiments, connect with one another and see what comes from it. And we just create the space. Um, Way less wordy than the website.
1: I love that. (laughs) Holding space. Uh, It's one of my favorite phrases as a leadership coach, too. Alicia, anything you'd add to that?
3: Yeah, really very similar to what Haley says. I would just say that we're a network of clergy and lay leaders from around the world, And that our mission is literally to collect those leaders, gather those leaders for times of networking, connection, peer learning, support. I think it's really a gift to be in a room with people who speak your language. Um, And that's what our network is.
1: And I love how working with you over the last year, it's been fun to see how that gathering is is a hybrid space. I mean, you have on-site gatherings, you have online gatherings, you have a great convergence of the two. You are all about gathering leaders in whatever space and platform, using whatever modality you can.
2: I have, while I've been ordained many years, I am late to coming to being a member of the Gathering of Leaders. Um, you are. And partially, yes. And partially was that was out of a little bit of rebellion on my part. And partially me choosing to be involved now is because of how Haley and Alicia have expanded the understanding of who it was leaders. It's an organization that I thought was interesting and old school five years ago that I now actively seek out as one of my collaborators, because I know they're asking really interesting questions about the
4: future of the church. When the church is changing, you, if the word old school can be applied to you in any way, you've got to think about it. And it's not to say that the more traditional clergy set is not still very passionate leaders in the church. We have some phenomenal rectors and associates at large, well-established congregations but they're one of the many networks that we now support. And we, I just came back from a, a lay leader gathering in Chicago and as a lay leader myself, I got fed by that in a way that I've not been fed for six years of being with gathering. Um, and so it, it's, it's been an absolute joy to grow that and, and really look at the landscape and see what do we all need to be shifting in how we function as the world changes and has been changing, this is not new. You should always be reinventing and rethinking as long as you have missional alignment.
1: And I love how what you have just done there, both Stacy and Haley, is that you've reminded us that that has really come down to clarity. I mean, missional alignment and clarity of related to your objectives and your organizational values. And, and when you have that kind of clarity, it allows you to grow your network um, and also become more invitational and, and in the scope of who's a part of your movement. So in the sandbox, we have talked a lot about some of that and having clarity of both our organizational and personal values. We had one podcast guest playfully share that they would only talk if we started with values. And we love that that's become so ingrained in a lot of the conversations that we're having with the thought leaders that we're in in collaboration with. So let's begin there. What would you say are your personal values? How have your personal values aligned with the work you do within the gathering of leaders?
3: I would say my own values are centered around like hope, abundant welcome, kindness, working hard, like a commitment to lifelong learning, Choosing to be a part of a community, even when we all know that sometimes being a part of a community is really hard. Um, So for me, GOL was a perfect fit because our values align so closely because GOL is a community that proclaims hope, welcome, kindness, learning, and of course, a choice to be aligned with like-minded people in community.
4: Oh, I totally failed this course. Um, I had to actually look up samples of personal values I'm not that introspective kind of person. Oh, Alicia, don't get me. Um, But really when I look at who I am and how I function, gratitude. If you're not grateful for the things you have in life and the people you're with and the blessings that you have, no matter how big or how small, it's not worth it. Um, Family. And whether it's my nuclear family here in my house, I love working from home. My kids are underfoot all the time and it's great. But then that wider family of missional leaders, because we are, we're family. Those relationships are deep. Um, And dependability. In a world of constant flux and growth and change, when I fall short of being dependable to someone, that hits home. That hits hard. And so being dependable for others and having others be dependable to me. And I think all of that feeds into the values that a network has to live into to to thrive.
2: Because I think Haley just demonstrated why sometimes values work is overlooked in organizations. Because I think we often have really great leaders like Haley for whom it is intuitive. Because Haley may have said she had to go up and look look up personal values and yet nothing she said just now surprised me. And I suspected I suspect that if Having worked with her for the last couple of years and Alicia, too, and you, too, that if we had been asked to, like, name Haley's values, we would have gotten pretty close to those. We might have used different words, but they would have been representing some of the same things. And so I think sometimes why values work gets overlooked is because there are leaders who, who just do it intuitively, And align themselves intuitively. And but yet what we've learned as we have moved further and further into doing values grounded and values guided planning and design and assessment and all of that is that it is that process of making the implicit explicit that allows those leaders to more effectively collaborate with others.
1: One of the things I would love to touch on and kind of build on with what you just said, Stacy, is I think we hadn't really talked about this in any of our other podcast episodes is that false assumption that this is something that all leaders are already doing and I'm just late on the train. Um, and and what you just named as someone who is a gifted leader um, is that you said you, you failed that course. You didn't fail it. It's just that you you may not have intentionally named it in this way, but you did just do it on the fly. And so I'm wondering how that experience of even just being like, huh, that's interesting how that sits with you as a leader.
4: So I I want to own the word fail. Um, All leaders should own the word fail. If you're not experimenting and trying new things and learning, oh man, that should never be done again. You're not failing forward. So I happily own that. Um, It was a joke when I said it, but it's it's a true thing. Um, So many of the people that come to gathering of leaders, one of our qualifications, I guess you call it, is you are a leader in the church. And a lot of people come, they're like, "Eh, but am I really a leader? I'm I'm not certain I would use that for me. I'm figuring things out. But when they come into this space of peer learning to be able to share where we've succeeded and where we've struggled and where we've failed, that is such a mark of a leader. And it's through dialogue and conversation and communication. Let's go back to the point of this podcast. You have to talk about your successes and your failures and where you as a human bring value and where you can seek value from others. And so if everything you do is perfect and, um, I've got it all together and I never learn because I'm already good. That's not a leader. A leader has to grow and you grow through self reflection. I just apparently need to do um, some of this personal value self reflection to live into that.
1: That's a great reminder. And I think one of the things you just hit on is that leading or a leader is not something that you arrive to, but it is something that you're practicing. <laughs> And so, Alicia, I'm wondering what you would say to that in terms of, I mean, you're newer into the GOL experience and and, and into that networking community. What have you learned about your own integration of your personal values with organizational values?
3: I'm a person who really hoped when I entered like my path, my almost 10 year path to ordained ministry. When I entered that path, I thought that I was going to get to the end and it would be the end. And it would be a destination and I would have arrived. Literally, that's what I believed. When I was confirmed, I thought, oh, good. I can check that off the list. I have been confirmed. I have arrived. So it was really disappointing to me as a person who likes to check things off the list that it's actually not possible and that this like this posture of lifelong learning and being willing to adapt and to tap into new networks and to tap out of old networks, like you have to sit in that posture on purpose. And so that's been a great learning from GOL and the way that we function is this ability to always be looking forward and never thinking, oh, great. Well, you know, our new platform is set up, so we've made it, we're done. Because it just, it doesn't work that way. We have to be willing to keep engaging in that forward motion.
2: Lisa, how many years have you been ordained? Um, Not even a year. Okay. So I was literally, if you could see this, you guys, I was like holding my mouth so I didn't break in, but rolling laughing. I've been, actually yesterday was the 23rd anniversary of my ordination. And... um, Wow. You just described the exact thing I feel on a regular basis, (laughs) and I think that that might be the hardest thing about leadership, right, is because – As soon as we think we've reached something or we've gotten to a place where we've wrestled with something and figured out how we're going to move forward with it, the next offering is put in front of us. And sometimes it's all based on our public leadership and our organizations or our congregational leadership, but sometimes it's leadership in our families or leadership in our friend groups or, you know, leadership in many, many different places and ways. And I think that um, maybe, Haley, sometimes people avoid... Identifying themselves as a leader is because it's a little bit like, for me, identifying myself as a disciple. It's a commitment to an unending journey. And that's a lot.
1: I I love one of the things that you said, Alicia, is you said you have to hold your posture on purpose. And when you said that, a lot of us are kind of like dusting off our shoulders as if like that was a mic drop moment. That's such a good line. And I'm wondering if the two of you could speak to that real quick um, about what holding your posture on purpose means related to clarity in your work.
3: So for me, the clarity of like making sure that I'm sitting in the right posture comes from a lot of different like – physical and spiritual disciplines. But when I'm sitting in the right posture, then I'm open. I'm willing to listen. I'm willing to learn. I am willing to be wrong, which I hate to be. I am willing to still be on a journey, even when like the part of me that doesn't want to be open or journeying is yelling like, are we there yet? Um, So I think it's been really important as we've worked to grow like our networks and these groups of leaders and these new platforms to be in that place of Understanding that we're just open to whatever it is that this group of people needs. We don't know. We don't have the answers as much as we like to think that we do.
4: And here I took a completely different take on those words you said. Good. I think this is why we have such a great partnership in this. Um, when you said posture on purpose, I was thinking back.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Learning Forte podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, share it in your social spaces. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Imagination Sandbox or enrolling in an upcoming cohort, be sure to visit our website at www.learningforte.com.